Did you guys have any other takeaways from this game in particular? Because there is some league news I feel like that will affect the could potentially affect the Bruins in a positive way um, down the line. But if there's anything before we get to that from the game you still wanted to go over, now would be the time. No, I think um, I'm good. Yeah, I just I just thought that that third line was probably their best line. I that was really it. We kind of already touched on it. Frederick had a good game. Coyle played a strong game. Bertuzzi was right there, almost scored. Um, still probably could get more from him, but he did assist on that Frederick goal. So really that was the bright spot was third line. That's that's all I have to say about that. So, yeah, we can move on to some of the league stuff if you guys want. Okay. Also, uh, on Bertuzzi, it was good to see him actually use his shot a bit. We mentioned the one, the double dunk off the post, but mm-hmm. – um, he did have two other shots, which obviously isn't a ton, but it at least looked like he was taking a little bit more of a of a shot mentality um, because he had had just five shots on goal through his first four games. And for a guy who had 30 goals last year and for his career has been a good shooter, I think his career shooting percentage is like 14 or 15%. Uh, you want him to use that. And, you know, I thought you at least saw – a few signs in the right direction on Tuesday. And I also think like it would be good just to give him a few games running with, with Coyle and Frederick and not, I get wanting to move him around, see how he looks with different guys. Like that was totally logical, but now I feel like because he had maybe been struggling a little bit, you know, things weren't really breaking for him. Like now give him like a decent run on one line, let him get comfortable let him kind of find his footing there, start to use a shot more. Um, also that Coyle uses the shot a little bit more, which it, now given like, I feel like most of his shots Tuesday night were kind of from the outside, which is a little different, but he had gone through that stretch. Like Nesson had the, Nesson did like a montage of like three or four plays where he had chances like inside the dots and passed. And it was just like, oof, like <laughs> He did, and he did. He did that once, at least that I can remember. Yeah. Um, against Chicago too, but then like the then like a few seconds later, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I should probably shoot." Um, yeah, he's been doing that, and I think that just comes from the kind of player he is, uh, just more of a playmaker than a guy that should shoot. But he definitely has been in positions where he should have been the one shooting. Um, and you'd like to. you know, see that work for him. But that line as a whole, I thought had a, had a decent game. Um, and there was a scary moment where I thought Marshawn might've gotten hurt and that can kind of transition us into the league news that we wanted to talk about because, um, Andre Svechnikov had, had suffered an injury and was going to get a second opinion to see if his, um, season was going to be over and it came out yesterday that he had to have season ending surgery. And that is just such a huge loss for Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it it potentially completely changes the conference. Like Mm -hmm. that Carolina team we've talked about it before, how they play extremely well as a team, but lack some, you know, some real oomph offensively at times. They don't really have offensive stars. He was, I think, third on the team in goals and, and second or third in points. Like, 
he was about as close to an offensive star, I, I guess you could say, like as they had, and and just beyond the points, like he brings physicality. We saw what he did on the forecheck against Hampus Lindholm last year with a really hard, clean hit that can cost the Lindholm. Um, now that's gone. Like they, so they lose that really kind of traditional power forward. They lose his offense. They lose the physicality, the forechecking that he brings. Um, again, like the Hurricanes play great team hockey. I don't think this is, you know, completely the end for them. I'm not totally writing them off, but it's a big loss. And for a team that already, you know, sometimes struggles offensively, uh, it's going to be, you know, much tougher for them now. By the way, just to um, add, it was an ACL. So um, ACL surgery is not, (laughs) you're not coming back from that right away. So they've already announced he's out for the rest of the season and it sucks for him. And I, cause I can think back to, the bubble where he was playing really good hockey and got hurt on a freak play with Chara. And, you know, people were mad at Chara for, I think it was like right over top of the net. If I remember correctly, um, he, that ended his season that year. Um, and I feel like his ceiling is really high. Like, I feel like we haven't seen the best of Andre Sveshnikov yet. He's only 22. And um, I just feel like every time he's really starts to get going, he has something like this happen to him. And, um, his ceiling is, is much higher than what we've seen. And that's what makes him such a dangerous player to play against in the playoffs because he's, he's big and we know what he can do, but there's also a level to it of his game that I think he could even reach a, a higher level. Um, so it's a huge loss for them. Uh, that is, I, I want to say worst case scenario for who you could lose. There's a few guys that if you lost them, you're going to be in some decent trouble. But Andrei Svechnikov is um, just such a, a presence for that team skill-wise and size-wise and even a little bit of a pest at times. So um, huge loss for them. It, it does change the matchup because, like you guys mentioned, last season he was a pain for the Bruins to play against. And – it makes that team less dangerous. It, it it changes their depth as well. It changes the way that that lineup has to look. Yeah. I mean, thank God they went out at the deadline and got some, uh, use their $10 million cap space to get some depth in case something like this happened. I knew that was coming. I yeah. knew that was coming. Well, it's true. I mean, they sat in their hands and that's what they get. I mean, obviously I'm not you know, glad somebody got hurt, but like, as from an organizational standpoint, like you had $10 million of cap space in a Stanley cup, uh, aspired team. In season I end. was, I was, yeah, I was told that they're just a really cheap organization and they don't want to, like, they won't pay for, like, and that's one of the reasons why Rod Brindamore waited for them to confirm that all of his staff would come back before he signed his contract because he doesn't trust ownership and, like, that he just thinks they make decisions that, like, the, the decisions they make make his life harder. Um, and to have to work with what they give him is, like, he's he's trying to work with, less than what other teams get um, because of the the cheapness and the ownership that's there. So it's, you're right. This is exactly why the Bruins added, say, a Bertuzzi. They could have used someone like that. Well, And they also lost Max Pacioretty, too, earlier in the year. So which I mean, they already not, knew, which they already knew at that point that right. the deadline was there. Which, which made their, their trade deadline and lack thereof just that much more baffling. But now it's like, I mean, as it pertains to the Bruins, you take away the best player 
I think the best all around forward, at least you can make the argument for, for Aho, but I mean, just because of the physicality he brings, we saw it firsthand last year. And the fact that he's 22 blows my mind. I thought he was at least 24, but um, I know I did too. I just looked it up. Yeah. 22. You, you, you take, you take that guy off of their team. That's, that's the biggest you're taking them. You're taking the best offensive all around player on Carolina who's offensively challenged anyway. And the biggest threats, the Bruins taking them off that team. So if the Bruins end up playing them in the conference finals, if the Bruins can take care of their side of the bracket, I mean, I, I think it's a bigger injury than if they got somebody hurt in the back end. Cause I think Carolina's defensive depth is so much better than their offensive depth that they could have weathered that storm, no pun intended a little bit better, but Ajo goes out and, or no, uh, Svechnikov goes out and that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. So uh, it's huge news for the Eastern conference uh, contenders outside of Carolina. I mean, it's huge news for them too, but in a negative way. So um, was there any other uh, league news you guys wanted to hit on before we, before we jump off. No, I don't think I, Steven Stamkos got banged up on Saturday, but it doesn't sound like that's anything serious. So everyone's kind of dealing with these. Obviously Carolina has the most devastating one now. No one's Svechnikov is, is out for good, but everyone's kind of dealing with these little injuries. And yeah, I think a lot of these teams that know based more or less like what spot they're in for the playoffs. It's like, just get to the finish line, just have guys back by game one, um, which is obviously what the Bruins are hoping for with Hall and Felino, where, you know, it sounds like they're going to be right around that time, you know, maybe miss like a couple playoff games, but. I would like an official uh, statement about it at some point from someone like from the team, not just from like the background reporting that's been done. It would be nice to like actually hear it from someone else that like someone that knows <laughs> from the team, uh, whether or not that reporting is accurate. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get that though. Like, I think I said this before. I think they're just going to leave it open-ended and more or less leave people guessing. Like they yeah, obviously mean, know, sense. they obviously know internally. And I think, I, I think Emily Kaplan's probably getting her information like from someone who would know, which is why she had something resembling a timetable. Um, but I also think like if you're the Bruins and you're like, Hey, they're expected back, uh, you know, four weeks from now, whatever, like people are going to do that math and be like, Oh, well that's convenient. So like just for the start of the playoffs. So I think when you leave it more open-ended, it's, you know, Hey, they're just going to come back whenever. And, you know, they'll pop up on the ice before practice or I practice one day and you know, all of a sudden it's well, that, that's when they were cleared. You know, we didn't, we didn't know they were going to be back for game one type thing. When's the last day of like the amount of time hall has to be out for the end of the LTIR. Um, probably coming up in like the next week or so. Yeah. Because, I don't know exactly. Yeah. But... It's before the end of the season. So, um, yeah. Anyway, could be interesting if he comes back right after that. Um, but I do think he'll probably be out till right about. Was the last game of the season April 13th against Montreal? Um, that sounds right. 13th yeah. or 14th against Montreal. So that still gives us another month here for those guys to get back. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I don't think I have anything else around the league. I, at least I'm not thinking of it right now, guys. But it is our anniversary our two-year anniversary from when we took over the podcast, um, which is crazy because it doesn't, like, it simultaneously feels longer and not that long at the same time. Like, I feel like we've been doing this for more than just 
the last two seasons. <laughs> um, and like a lot has changed. Like now we're, we have a video component of this. Like if you're watching this on YouTube, we just started doing that. Um, things have changed quite a bit. Um, there's been a more of a focus on podcast material for the station and whatnot. Um, but, it, but yeah, happy two years guys. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, it's, it's, you know, perfect, perfect to have my birthday in this anniversary lineup. Like just makes for, for a great day. Uh, I'm going to celebrate by, uh, I don't know, doing some snow cleanup because we actually got snow in Lowell. I guess oh, no snow. Yeah, I guess like Boston and South of the City got nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, con- con- congrats to us. And, and as always, thank you to everyone uh, who listens because it has also grown in listen- listenership, which is exciting. And, you know, we like hearing from you guys. We like emails, tweets. Um, yeah, obviously a very exciting time to be doing a Bruins podcast during a historic season. Makes our life easier. Yeah. The the playoffs are going to be really fun. Like this is kind of the stretch where it's, and we sort of knew this would happen where, you know, you get past the excitement of the trade deadline and all that. And now it's like, okay, what are they really playing for? What's like actually important right now? So I think that's part of why, you know, we, we kind of make so much of like, Oh, they hit a four game struggle. And it's like, you know, we're not trying to have hot takes or anything. I know there are people on radio doing that, but it's like, we got to talk about something. And right now the something is that they're struggling and they're not playing the way we know that they're capable of. I echo everything you guys said. Thank you everybody for listening Two years. It's been great with you guys. Longest relationship in my life. So it's been great. (laughs) Um, All right, so the Bruins play tomorrow night and then Saturday. So enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully they right the ship. And if you guys have nothing else, we will talk to you soon.